Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 184 of the podcast. It's the 10th of July, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, Shannon Lauks joins me to talk about unschooling, parenting, and her new book, Love More, 50 Plus Ways to Build Joy into Childhood. Shannon's an unschooling mom with two boys, and she believes in the power of play and partnership as a way to bring more joy and love into our children's lives. We dive into the story behind the book, the value of patience in our relationships, the de-schooling shift to seeing the child rather than the behavior, uh, what she loves most about their unschooling lives right now, and lots more. As a personal update, it's been a busy few weeks in the lead up to publishing Shannon's book, which I've done through my unschooling imprint, Forever Curious Press. We also had a lot of fun creating a book trailer for it. So I'll put links to the book and to the trailer in the show notes if you'd like to check them out. And I want to take a moment, of course, to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patrons, Alexis Comer and Katie. Hi, guys. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it's now integral to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's get to my conversation with Shannon. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Shannon Lauks. Hi, Shannon. Hi. Hi. So Shannon's been on the podcast before, way back in episode 63 it was, and I will link to that in the show notes so you can listen and hear more details about her family's unschooling journey. But recently, Shannon released a book titled Love More, and I really wanted to chat with her about it, so I invited her back. But before we dive into that, as just a quick refresher, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and how long you guys have been unschooling? Okay, we, I have two dudes, two boys, one who just turned 17 and one who will be 15 in August, and they've never gone to school. Um, We are originally from British Columbia, Canada, but we now live in California, which we have shockingly for nine years now. Uh Um, My children have spent more time living in America than Canada, Um, but yeah, we started out... Um, my husband wasn't a big fan of school and I was a teacher. And when we started out with the boys, uh, never made sense for me to send them to go learn from somebody else while I went to teach strangers children. (laughs) Right. And so we were able to just from the get go, figure out how to live on one salary 
and then just follow the boy's natural progression through attachment parenting onto this unschooling journey that has brought us to this point. That's awesome. That's a that was a very nice synopsis. And wow, you guys have been out of Canada for a long time. <laughs> so long. But we get back regularly, so that's good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so as I mentioned, my imprint, Forever Curious Press, recently published your book, Love More. 50 plus ways to build joy into childhood. And I love the book, which is why I chose to publish it. (laughs) And I would love to hear the story behind your choice to write it. I'm curious how that originally came about for you. Well, writing has always been a really great way for me to understand myself better. So when the boys were young and we were, you know, uh, starting out on the journey I would come up across, whether it was something I was struggling with or an aha moment I had, I would write about it. And um, so, you know, over the years, the blog posts, they pile up and I thought, how can I make this into a book? I thought it would be a neat idea to have it as a book to share with other people or even just to have on my own shelf. And as I started to go through the book, I started to notice, um, I guess, a couple of themes. Um, And there's this author I love, Patty Dye, and she always says, write the book you wish you'd had. And so starting out as a parent with this sort of like wide open idea, um, there wasn't the book I wanted (laughs) necessarily, Yeah. right? There were some books that would tell me what to do to my children or how to train my children or, um, but that just didn't connect with who I was. And so as I looked at the blog posts and as I thought about what book would I have wanted, I would have wanted a book that I could open it at any page and learn something that I could use right away. Um, And so that helped me to decide what the format of the book would look like, right? It's like, okay, open it up and pick a page and read that and go, oh, I can do that. I can do that. (laughs) Um, And so that sort of drove the direction was taking this big bunch of content that was about how we were living together and how we were figuring stuff out and then put the layer of this format of simplicity in ease together and out of that and some years and some sweat (laughs) came this piece of work. Wow. Yeah. You know, that, that is a piece that I loved when I read it as well. It was this, it was that piece that was missing when I was, when I was starting, right? Because I knew from all those, from the other books, from all the other stuff around me, I knew the stuff that I didn't want to do, right? Right. But what I needed to discover was, well, what am I going to do instead? What am I going to do instead? How am I going to approach this moment instead? That's the piece that was missing because I didn't get that from, you know, my family. I didn't get that from extended, you know, um, extended family, like, it just wasn't the way that people were interacting. So I didn't have any examples. So, I mean, even now I love, you know, as we were editing, I was going through the book so many times, there were just still so many fun ideas. It just, it, it was just a nice, like you said, you could go to any page. It was a, just a nice little mindset shift. 
Mm-hmm. That would help and me I get was, back. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say when I was working on it at a friend's house and the dad was there and he said to me, I'd never, I would never read a book on parenting because it takes too long and I don't have time. He's like, but I'd pick this up. And so I was like, okay, I'm on to something. <laughs> like, if you, you know, because especially parents of young children, they're busy. Your life is full, full, full. And so you don't necessarily have the time to go through the thick texts or um, even the time to learn a new thing. You know what I mean? Like, we just need simple. And so that's what I hope to put forward was easy to implement ideas for people. And I think... One of the things, the other thing I love was, like you said, they're really digestible, short little chunks, right? And and they give you something you can do in the moment. And But it's the culmination of doing those things and making that little shift each time and each time yeah. that without even, you know, pages and pages of, uh, pages of explanation, you get what's mm-hmm. different, right? Just right. by, okay, well, I'll try that. Oh, I can see how that helped. I can see how that helped us stay connected, you know, um, a different way of looking at this and all those little things without being overly wordy help you understand how they're connected just by doing them, right? right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think that that's it is that, um, the idea of parenting has been marketed to us as this hard, complex complicated thing, even thing. In language, right? Yeah. Complicated thing. And so when you can strip it back to just these simple acts of connecting with your kids in a fun and joyful way, then your whole parenting sort of, like you're saying, over time, it's doing this like little shift it to align more clearly for me anyways. It was aligning more clearly with what my intention was as a mom. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. Okay, so let's dive into a couple ideas in the book. Now, it's divided into two sections, so I thought we would tackle one from each. And the first section is love and action. And I, the one I picked out was smell the roses, okay? Like, you know how we were talking about, just talking about how it seems, it seems deceptively simple, right? Something we've heard a million times before, stop and smell the roses, but if we do it with that intention, it really can make a profound difference, I think, in our child's life and in our own, you know, just what we were saying. So I was hoping you could share your thoughts around that one in particular. Definitely. I feel like my kids have been the best example of how to do that for me. They've been my greatest <laughs> teachers. I remember when my oldest was, he wasn't even two yet, and I was pregnant with my second son, and I had my agenda, right? I'm being a good mom. <laughs> We're going to head out to the park today. We're going to experience nature. Like I had this whole agenda and he's sitting on the floor playing happily naked beside me and I've got the clothes and it's about time number 10 where I'm like, Hey buddy, let's get dressed and go to the park. And you know, he's happy and I keep interrupting his happiness to go be happy in my brain. Right. (laughs) And he looks up and he goes, no, thanks mama. And it was there when I started to, to have that sort of slowing down reminder. And of course, not every day can we stay home naked with our children playing, right? There are places we need to go and things we need to get done. But when we bring that same slowing down idea, then the lens that we're looking at things with is curiosity and wonder. So it takes just as much time to stop and smell every rose as it does to hurry your child along past every rose. 
Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. However, when you uh, when you're able to slow it down, then it your I'm noticing the roses. Right? And I'm also starting to use that sense of wonder to help move my child along. What do you think's around the next corner, buddy? Instead of we're going to be late, hurry up. We're going to be late, hurry up. It's not something a young child understands. But let's go investigate what's behind the next corner is. And so then you both go there with this sense of joy and wonder and paying a whole different level of attention to the world. And you're not getting that tension between the two of you. And you get there. You still get there. (laughs) It's just when you arrive, whether it's at the grocery store or the doctor's appointment, you arrive a little happier, a little lighter instead of, you know, using that tension to get you there. Hurry up, rush, let's go. So I think that stopping all the roses really helps to showcase how we can still get where we need to go by slowing down. It doesn't have to go there quickly, right? Oh, exactly. It, it's, it is such, it, it's hard to wrap your mind around at first, right? That slowing down, um, staying more connected, being more in the moment can actually be so helpful in getting to the place that, that in the back of your mind, you're trying to go, you're trying to go, you're trying to go. Oh, I mean, I remember so so many times the the tenseness of you know trying to get the kids in the car and get them in their car seat and you know we got to get in and looking at my watch all the time and we got to get here and we got to get here and then after we you know began unschooling and i started you know hearing about these kind of mindset shifts and and trying to be it's like okay i'll try it i'll try it right um and and, and just shifting those moments, right? So that I'm with them and we're having conversations and we're talking about, we're, we're noticing the things around us. We're talking about where we're going, you know, and engaging with them as, as people rather than trying to push them to my agenda. And we still got places. It was the biggest revelation, right? The world didn't end. People weren't mad at us, mm-hmm. you know, and, Along with that is questioning the places that you're trying to take them. Like, like you said, right? You know, he was sitting there playing and that was good. That was fine for today. You know, questioning all the places I was trying to drag them and what my agenda was and what, and, and seeing them when you slow down to be with them and seeing what they notice, like the smell, the yes. roses piece, the flowers, stopping for all the flowers. It's okay. Right. Yeah. It's and I I think it shifts the importance, right? Um, to your relationship, right? So okay, so we're five minutes late to the doctor, but we're still intact over here. And yeah. we saw some roses, we saw the bee fly by, and we and whereas I could also rush them and the doctor would be happy that I wasn't late. So I had to ask myself, who am I trying to be connected with? Who am I wanting to, uh, please isn't the right word, but who, who does this matter to, right? It matters to us how we get there and what we see along the way. Um, much more than it matters to, I can't even think of a single appointment that would hold more value than connection with my child. Yeah, no, that's a great point because so often we, um, 
you know, because we want to be a good person. We want to, you know, we said we'd show up there at three, you know, and Mm -hmm. and, I mean, it does depend. And if it's really important that you're there by three for something, you know, for two, three, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you know, give yourself all that extra time. Maybe, you know, I think there's been times when if we we would just go really close to something and be there a half a day. You know, we go there in the morning, hang out, find something else to do that's really close by, having fun. You know, there's just so many other ways to meet these parameters that we want to meet, but but questioning them to start with, right? Because is it really that necessary? Is is it worth the challenge to our relationship? Right? If I, if I, if I put something else above it, you don't, they can, they can all, that's, that's the other big thing, right? They can all be together. Things don't have to be above one another, right? You know, my kids can be as important as us getting to whatever it is, right? Or, or dinner, dinner was a big one for me in that shift, right? It was because I'll never remember, I'll never remember, I'll never forget. (laughs) We were outside, um, swimming and and my daughter had decided she wanted to dive she wanted to master diving right and for the first that that was great but she kept going she <laughs> she just kept getting out and trying again and trying in and trying in and it's like half an hour goes by and she's still going and i'm starting to say okay a couple more and then then we're gonna go in and i'm gonna make dinner you know a couple more and that was going on and on and on. And I, I was really happy in the end that I realized how important this was to her for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. It didn't matter. I didn't need to know the reason I could just tell that she wasn't wanting to make that transition. Right. Right. And me realizing that, you know what, it's okay if dinner's a half an hour later, (laughs) an hour later, the boys are happily occupied doing what they're doing. I can explain to Rocco when he gets home that Lizzie was really into what she was doing, you know, and me just staying out there and being with her was in the end way more valuable than, you know, that dinner time that I thought. And she'll remember you being there to witness her learning how to dive. She died, couldn't tell you what you had for dinner that for dinner night. For dinner that night, right? <laughs> and, and I still remember it because it, exactly. was, it was this yeah. amazing, amazing moment. And it was another hour. And by the end of it, she was thrilled with, with how she was, how her diving was going. So, yeah, it, it, it was amazing to, to notice yeah. and just to take that time to question yourself. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. what if we didn't do that? What would happen? Right. <laughs> right. And it is that questioning, right? And it's also, we live in a rushed world. So it, it ties into that slowing down. When you slow down, you have a minute to question. But when you're running on that sort of hamster wheel, you're just reacting to, we have to have dinner, we have to go and you're not. Um, yeah. So I feel like the slowing down piece really creates space for those questions to arise in us. Yeah. And, and just to mention again, what you talked about, how it opens up curiosity and wonder. And it does yes. that. I love that. That's the big mindset shift when you can just slow down. And for me, like smelling the roses is, is being in the moment. It's, it's noticing the roses. It's stopping to, to smell them. And the shift now, all of a sudden it opens up. You've 
I mean, I would literally feel more open to noticing that's that curiosity and the wonder. It's just like you can feel the weight just like, oh, okay, we won't rush. We're going to stop. And literally just falling off your back. And now all of a sudden you can see all the things that are around, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So the second section is called love and presence. And to me, the distinction between those two sections feels kind of like things we do and and ways to be. Like, I I thought that worked out so well. So love and action are the kinds of things we can do to to show that that love. And then um, love and presence is ways to be with them, to, again, show that love. So from this section, I wanted to talk about the idea of see the child, not the behavior. Now, as you mentioned in the book, uh, and everybody knows this is so much easier said than done. Like, what an easy phrase to say, right? See the child, not the behavior. And you can understand why. But that is not an easy thing to do in the moment, even though it's such a valuable shift, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's a practice for sure. Um, And I know... I have my firstborn son had big reactions to things when he was smaller. Um, And all I could see was the behavior in the beginning because whether I was embarrassed about what other people were thinking about me, whether I was triggered by my own idea of what what he should be doing, how he should be reacting. And in all of that, what I'm bringing towards him is I need, you need to change the behavior. You need to change, you need to change. This needs to change. You need to change the um, behavior. When I could step back and see him, I could see what the, I could start to understand what the need was and I could meet him. And the same with my, you know, either one of them, I could meet them there. And that to me opens my heart and, and is um, an opportunity for compassion when I can see him or and wonder what's going on for him right now. Um, can I help him say, hey, dude, do you think you need some water? Or even just sit on the ground in the middle of it when we can let go of the part of us that's worried about what everybody else thinks about what is going on and just sit with our child in whatever the behavior is. Um, there's an opportunity I just keep saying for compassion to grow and for either the moment to pass or a solution to arise. Like one of the, for me, one of those two things would, would come out of that. Um, but when I was trying to pull them out, <laughs> like I would pull them out of the behavior or get them out of the store, um, it just made it bigger right? Because he wasn't feeling seen, he wasn't feeling heard. And so all of everything just got bigger and harder, because I was trying to change a behavior. I was not connecting with with a child in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that word compassion. Because yeah, you know, that that really is um, where you can meet them. It's, it's, yeah. it's not about it's getting into their head's not really the right word, but it's, it's really seeing it through their eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not, not like if I was them, 
in that moment. Right. Right. That is such a valuable, it was a huge shift for me, but, but it was hard to understand at first. It's like, okay, well, if I, you know, wasn't able to get that toy or they didn't have whatever, you know, and I was upset about it, but blah, blah, blah. And I would be reacting by, from putting myself in their shoes. But mm-hmm. that wasn't, wasn't working well. It wasn't working because I was still seeing the behavior in that I was imagining myself in that position saying, well, how would I behave? Right. So right. I was still comparing behaviors. Right. And even yeah. my suggestions were things that would have soothed me. Right. 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 And that's it. Right. Like for me, I always, I wanted to remember the moment I met them. Right. And was just like, oh, that's who I want to see. Like this person who I wanted to love unconditionally and help with whatever they needed. And so that's who's in front of me right now. And then it's like, and what I know about them is, oh, he's got those new shoes on today. I wonder if his shoes are bugging him. We can, you know, try and so, so then it, it, it is not about me. Like you're saying, it's about what I know about them from past experience. Right. And I can bring that forward. And um, it's in bringing that forward, then the two of us sometimes can meet in a solution place, or at least in a shared compassion. Um, And I love now that I have older children. I see them use that, you know, we be with themselves (laughs) and with their friends. Yes right? They don't slip into this place of needing to change anybody, but they are able to come up with solutions or even ideas about what could have been going on for someone um, that are always so surprising to me because it's normal for them Mm -hmm. to meet somebody in where, whatever space they're in and help them there. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that too with older kids as well because that's something that I found. And you know what? When when things come up, even for me, I love to talk to them about it because they will so often bring a perspective to it that I have missed or like I've kind of gotten to this point and they're like, you know, they always bring me down. <laughs> Yeah, because they they can see um, situations, they can see people um, that yes. that compassion you talk about that they bring, you know, even 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 for themselves, like situations where yes. again, if I was in that situation, I would have been much more upset, frustrated, you know, whatever, whatever. And this is happening to them, and we're talking about it, and they're telling me about well what the other people involved probably thought, or you know yes. why they probably reacted this way, or you know how what they can say to them next time. You know, I yeah. was so often in in awe of that ability, like always, kind of a, like you you said earlier on, right? Learning from our kids, always, always, it doesn't. It doesn't stop. It, we can we learn when they're younger, and and we learn no matter their age as they get older, right? There's always more to learn, isn't there? There is, and I think too that there's that space. Obviously, the older they get, the behaviors feel yeah. bigger, mm-hmm. and they feel like they have more dramatic consequences. Yeah. But again, if I can just see them and not the behavior, 
then there's room for that conversation instead of me wanting to police it, you know, whether, whatever those behaviors are or those opinions are, it's not, I don't want to alter the behavior. I want to see my child and help them under, you know, and sometimes that help for me is asking for more understanding so that I can understand the choice. Right. And so Mm -hmm because I'm looking at them and not the behavior, then um, I can, I guess for me, it's always like, it's not about me, right? Like you were saying earlier, it's a, I'm able to, do, oh, nobody's doing anything to me. My, my child is having, you know, a reaction to something. And so when I can drop that, you know, I imagine it dropping on the floor behind yeah, me yeah. and we're ready to have a conversation, you know, have a conversation or a solution session or a hug or you know, like whatever is needed in that moment. Um, because I can see them and not, and I can, you know, let the rest of it just fall to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that there because so often, you know, in the end, when I, you know, thought about it, so often what I was missing was more information, like you were saying. Yes. Right? You know, ha- they they had compassion for me in not yet understanding what was right. going on. Because, you know, I'm still at that place where, well, this is what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 but I know this is not what they're choosing, but, and there's right. a trust piece, right? And under... Yes the trust in the relationship that we've developed over the years as things get bigger, right? As they get older, there's bigger consequences. There's just bigger things going on, right? And, and, you know, my trust in that we've done this many, many times. We've worked through things. It might not happen in the moment, especially if that moment becomes charged, for anyone, yeah. for any reason, right? When things are charged, it's hard to to think and to be open and to wonder and be yeah. curious. But those are the things that still help me. It's like, you know, yep. I remember the first time Lizzie said, you know, when she was 17, I want to move to New York City. Like, ah, what? <laughs> you know, and I want to do it soon. But through conversations, I would learn more information. Like normally if I couldn't see why they were making that choice, it was just information I was missing, you know, right? whether yes. it was something they wanted to accomplish, some something that they saw that I hadn't yet seen yet. It was always more information. And so rather than directing, trusting instead, and then, then just having conversations, paying more attention for more clues, right? All those things would build me a bigger picture to understand the, whatever it was through their eyes rather than mine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, which is exactly it. See the child and their choices, their aspirations, all the things they want to do, not, not the behavior, not, not that, that choice in the, in, in the moment. Right. Yeah. Because there's so much more behind it that maybe we just don't know. So much more. And I I remember my favorite story is my child at seven years old, standing up and swearing in the middle of his birthday party to get everyone out of his house using a more colorful language than that. And just, you know, like that moment of being horrified of you're rude, you're angry, you know, like these are the words that first came up. But since that day, he's never had another birthday party. He hated them. Right. But 
so when I could, you know, get down to the level, he didn't like the attention. He didn't like the pressure. He didn't want all these people asking him stuff, but he loved gatherings. But when it was about him and his birthday, that was the worst idea ever. (laughs) And so I could have had this, you know, story about him that said he was rude. That's it. No, he was just uncomfortable. And so, well, let's not have a birthday party in the future and let's pretend we're just hanging out with our friends now. Right. You know, so this, a solution that, um, I never would have thought of came out of that space of seeing him. Right. It was like, Oh, let's just change it up right now. No, put it, put away the cake. We'll eat it tonight. Whenever, whenever you're hungry, go get a piece of cake. Right. Like we can move the obstacles that are, that are there for you right now. Um, yeah, no, that that is such a great example. <laughs> yeah. You know, because there are so many things that we just do automatically, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then once we uh in it really just just a big mindset shift when when you yeah. start to question some things, then it's like <laughs> it's okay to question all the things. Why is a birthday, you know, if the the child isn't interested in it. Yes. <laughs> You know, what, what is it for? You know, we're doing it, you know, so that the parents can can come over, you know, the grandparents get this. It's just expected. Right. Yes. But there are other ways to meet that too. It's like, okay, you know, one grandparent, you know, come the in-laws come over on one day and another time, you know, you can, you can find so many different ways through. So many solutions. (laughs) Okay, so your book is full of inspiration and ideas about how to bring more fun, more love, and more joy into your days, your family's days. So I was curious why that aspect of parenting feels important to you, you know, so important that you chose to write a a book about it. Like you said, this was something that you felt um, you wish you had. Um, so, you know, is, is that the kind of the, the reason behind it, why this felt important to you or is it, you know, for me, I was wondering, is it, is it, is it because of the relationships, you know, what is it about this aspect of parenting that is so meaningful for you? I think, um, from early on, I learned that my children (laughs) were going to need a different kind of mom than I'd ever seen before. And society, I think, or my experience in the world had taught me that parenting was going to be my job. It was going to be something that I had to do. And um, it was going to be hard and it was going to be long hours. You know, we have a lot of negative language around it. Yeah. And for me, parenting has become and started to become who I was. And so when I could look at that from when I laid that filter of like who I was across it, then the words that come out are kind, compassionate, curious, thoughtful, loving. And so when you've got, you know, that, though that body of words, then it can, it fundamentally for me changed how I was going to be a parent in the world. Um, And it feels important for me to put that out as another option for people, for someone maybe who is wondering, no, this doesn't fit. Because for me, a lot of it with my kids was like, what doesn't fit? It doesn't fit to put him in a crib. Okay, I guess we're going to put him in the bed. And then tomorrow night, we're going to try over here. And then we're going to... So 
from early on, I had to bring that more curious energy to it. And I also think um, the idea of joy um, isn't a word we attach to parenting a lot. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It is joyful. Right. It's a lot of other things. But if we're coming from this place of how I'm going to decide as the, you know, for me, I was the primary parent. I'm going to decide as the primary parent that I'm going to find ways to put more of this in because life, it's going to bring all the other stuff. You don't even, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to bring heartbreak. It's going to be unexpected moves. It's going to bring, you know, job loss. All of those things, life's just going to throw that in the middle. So if I can just sort of be the counterbalance of that, if I can be the one that is going to bring in the bubbles in the middle of the grocery store, the one who's going to put the heart in the middle of the sandwich, if I can be that person, um, then we will build more of those joyful moments. And, in that place, it just feels like the love grows there. It just feels like that's where love grows. Um, so yeah. that's why um, I wanted to put it together and put it out in the world. Um, so maybe one person picks it up and gets steered in a different direction. Um, or not steered in a different direction, steered in the direction they knew they wanted to go in. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Right. Cause as, as I was talking about before, it's like, I knew all these things I didn't want to do that didn't feel right, right to me, but I didn't know, you know, what else there was. Right. Yes. It was really, this was just it. Like I kept resisting, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, it was discovering for myself. And, you know, I, I, I happy with how I got there, but yeah, this, this would have really helped me along the way. And I loved your point about about bringing more love in because yeah, when people will say, Oh, you know, those are just silly little things to do. Yeah. You know, we play more, more play, more fun, you know, life, life's tough, but it is, it, it really is. It's amazing. You know, we've been talking about how fundamentally these shift these, these actions, but you get to the intention behind it, right? And you create an environment and an atmosphere within the family that fundamentally changes things, yeah. right? So even when yeah. things seem frivolous in the moment, they really, really aren't. <laughs> because no, and bring that connection. It is. Exactly. It's that connection and almost that layer of healing you're bringing in, right? Like, we're going to have, you know, like I think about it now, we have to do hard things. So we have to go to grandma's um, internment. Okay. Well, what are the things we're going to do on sandwich sides of that, that are going to remind us of the love that keeps us all together. And it is almost then we come into each situation from that place of love mm-hmm. instead of coming into that situation from that place of dread or heaviness, but we're going to come into it from love. And I feel like it does help to change um, how you handle hard things. Like I, we often say like together we can do so many hard things. And I think it is that solid layer of love that we've, you know, been painting on over the years that buoys us so that we, we can do those hard things together. Yeah, no, I love that image. <laughs> Just painting on more yes. layers and more layers, more layers <laughs> of love, more, more connection, like in all those moments in, it's almost like celebrating them in in those lighter moments when you can and noticing there are that's the other piece right noticing that even in those harder 
times that there are those other moments, right? I, I know yes. when sometimes when we would go to like family things, um, you know, that felt maybe more like an obligation or whatever, you know, but, but we would approach them with, with love and with fun and with joy and, and, you know, bring the bubbles so that, yes. you know, when you're at the hall and, you know, everybody has to sit properly at their table, you know, it's okay. We can all go out, you know, by where the washrooms are and play around for a bit, <laughs> exactly. you know, and, yeah. and connect and have fun. Like just, yeah. you can, you can make just about any, anything, you know, when you bring these little moments to them um, totally. and, and they have they have meaning, right? And and they have more love, and and you understand you, you understand the whole thing better when you have those little moments with each other, right? They're just so meaningful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Okay, so you know what I would love to know? What is it that you guys are loving about your unschooling lives right now? I just thought it'd be fun to get a little snapshot. I love teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Right? For so many reasons. For so <laughs> many reasons. Um, I love that, you know, like it's that doorstep between children and adulthood. And what I notice about, you know, this playful and joyful way we've been together is my kids still play. And so to see them playing and then turning around and doing like the serious thing that needs to happen. Um, Mitchell tried out right recently for a hockey, high level stress situation. Yeah. Um, and in between... He was sitting there with a couple of the younger kids at the rink playing on his phone and showing them new games. And so I love that juxtaposition, right? Yeah. And how they're just flowing between those two worlds and they're coming up against and they're sort of churning through those hard bits and then they're turning around and they're like, let's go jump in the pool. Like just that zest for life that is fuels me right now. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> right? I love that. That's the, um, because I think part of it is they haven't felt judged yes for so yes. they can easily shift and understand the joy in all those moments you know you can you can want the things that you're striving for and putting yourself in challenging positions and it's okay to play as well there's no judgment exactly. on you you know somebody watching you and saying oh well you know you don't do that anymore because you're this right exactly exactly that's my that is what I love the most right now yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love that little piece. And, and it does remind me often, you know, things with, with my kids as well. It, Michael, he's, he's been working really hard the last couple of weeks. And now, like I mentioned before, he's driven down to Ohio for a weekend at a, at a parkour gym. They're like sleeping there, eating there, everything, and just playing around with a Aww. bunch of other kids <laughs> yep. and adults who appreciate, appreciate that, that side of it. Yeah. Right. So it is so fun to see them, the way they can blend in, you know, those responsibilities that they choose to take on as yeah. well as all the fun stuff. Like it's so Absolutely. cool to see that you can just be yourself and be all the things, not, Oh, I have to be an adult now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Shannon. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was good. Thank it you was, for inviting me. Yeah, it was lots of fun. So uh, before we go, where can people find you and your book online? 
Um, well, my book will be available through everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. And, um, outside of the book, I have space, just breaking daylight.org, yeah. both on fe- fe- I'm across all the platforms, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, and I'll be putting up links and we'll be having some fun with, with that as it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And I will put links to everything in the show notes uh, for people who are interested in checking it out. So thanks again, Shannon. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to pick up your free copy of my book, What is Unschooling? In it, we'll explore some of the common questions people have when they first hear about unschooling, like how will my child learn? How do I know they're learning? What is de-schooling? And how do I get started? It's also available at many online ebook retailers. And if you'd like to connect online, you can find me on Facebook at Living Joyfully. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.